Edge Radio. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. What's up, Bass Edge Nation? Welcome to the Feb 15 episode. Man, Aaron, I had a fantastic Valentine's Day. I planned ahead. Rhonda was happy. All things in my life are now at peace and solidly ready to move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that special? Because you know what? It is. is Because it's very important. If if you don't take care of the lady in your life, the bass fishing is going to struggle. I hate to tell all the young men out there and, and all the old men probably already know this but you gotta play both fields you know you gotta work the lady then you get out more bass fishing more outdoors all that kind of stuff so hey look hope all you guys did your due diligence yesterday if not it's a little late but get it done today yeah and uh don't forget to take the clearance tag off of anything that you buy that has valentine's day on it at least uh don't make that mistake so hey kurt speaking of valentine's day and kind of the color of red i understand you're in the mode of switching colors perhaps with the new announcement going lime green you want to talk to us about that yeah megaware keel guard coming out with the the shade of green Lime green, that is. You know, when I saw the post from Megaware, I instantly thought of five or six people that, okay, they need a lime green keel guard. Guys on tour, real quick, we could just run through the list. I thought of uh, Fred Rambanis. I thought of uh, Adrian Avina. I thought of Scott Ashmore. Gosh, those are the ones off the top of my head. But yeah, man, sure. a pretty awesome limited edition, right? I mean, you can't just walk down the store and buy one of these, right? Andrew? No, I've officially named it the Kurt Dove Signature Series. Even though you have nothing to do with lime green, that's what I'm going to tell Tori there at Megaware. This is now the official Kurt Dove Signature Series Lime Green Limited Edition. Well, it's pretty cool, right? All these boat companies have these color selections nowadays that are a little, you know, they're flamboyant, right? You know, you got the oranges, you know, you've always had the reds and the blacks, but now you've got these green colors and light blues and different kinds of things. So cool that Megaware is stepping up to the plate and giving those folks with the lime green. And I see a lot of nitros out there like that. I've seen a lot of Rangers, a lot of Phoenix boats, a lot of Skeeters is big on that. Yeah, so you get uh, to personalize it a little bit and make it your own. So yeah. uh, I think it's cool. And uh, certainly if any of you are into the lime green or any color for that matter, as you know, everybody needs a uh, Megaware keel guard on the front of their boat, plus their other products. Uh, make sure and go to keelguard.com. Kurt, you have uh, kind of that theme song uh, on your high rotation of On the Road Again. I know Harris Chain is on your mind and uh, going down the road in the big dually with the camper on your back towing the boat. Talk to us a little bit about that. Man, you know, after the Rayburn experience, enjoyed it. Absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I know that you made a mention once or twice about my uh, tackle rigging at Rayburn. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, So we need to elaborate (laughs) a little bit because that's been uh, a few weeks back, but I will use the PG version. I think it was raining that day, so you had all of your rods uh, leaned up against the bathroom facility. I didn't quite say it like that, but uh, (laughs) you were doing a little tackle prep. I was. So uh, I'm now more Either either that or you were fishing in the commodes. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if I could have called 
put one in there. I would have cast in there. Stuff of that <laughs> term. But but uh, yes, I'm looking forward to Harris Chain. Uh, I love the camp in life. Uh, I'm more prepared for the camp in life. You know, the first go around, you learn some things. So uh, you're more prepared for the second go around as we're here ready to tackle Florida, kind of rebound what happened from Sam Rayburn. I love the camp in life. Really enjoy it. Obviously, you've got your group of campers out there. There's probably 15 or 20 anglers out of the 154 fish in the FLW Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. I, I uh, picture you and, you know, James and some of the guys that we know probably building a campfire, sitting around with your banjos, you know, maybe <laughs> with a pipe, singing some songs and, you know, doing a little jam session. Is that is that how it works? No, not yet. Not yet. I'll probably graduate to that, Aaron. But again, small baby steps here. So uh, <laughs> gotcha. we're just getting to the point where we're not having to rig in our tag like the John. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. All right. Well, hey, we're going to move right along here, Aaron. We actually, in our next segment, we, we're going to have a, a special, a cool young angler in the house. And we're going to talk about something we don't often do here at Bass Edge Radio, but we're going to dive into a little high school fishing, a little Texas high school fishing. It's pretty huge. We're going to talk about this real quick. We've got a, a young man named Wyatt. We'll introduce him a little bit more right after this break. But first, we got the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip right now. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with BASS Elite Series Pro, Bernie Schultz. Yeah, probably the best tip I can give to a shallow water angler, and it's a technique that's not often used, and that makes it all the better, is to crank thick cover. And I'm not talking about lay down trees or, you know, wood brush and stuff like that. I'm, I'm more talking about grass and lily pads, snags, things that are away from the bank on flats. You know, we see those types of visual targets, and there's a lot of ways to approach them, but a crankbait is something they don't often see in those scenarios. Basically, for fear of losing the bait or getting hung up, most people won't even try but i can tell you that it's it's extremely effective uh whether you're using a lipless crankbait or a shallow runner whether it's a square bill or a round bill there's different uh strategies involved basically you're power fishing the cover you're plowing the bait through it making contact making it deflect that will incite a fish to bite as will uh feathering the bait through the cover if you just take your time and kind of bring it through the cover with some finesse and, and make a little bit of contact but not try and disturb everything one of those is going to work if you'll take the time and devote yourself to making a crankbait work in shallow, heavier cover, you'd be surprised at the results. That's a great tip, Bernie. Thanks a lot. Brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. 
Jason, I'm excited about this segment of this Feb 15 episode, buddy. We've got a Texas high school fishing expert. You know, this is a topic, high school fishing, that we don't cover a whole lot here at Bass Edge Radio. But today, we're going to talk about it in this segment with a friend of mine, Wyatt Wimberly. We got Wyatt on the line, wanted to get more in-depth with his knowledge of the game. Wyatt, thanks for taking time to be on the program. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Awesome being here. Looking forward to a great show on Bass Edge Radio. Ready to get it started. Awesome, brother. Yeah, Wyatt, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well, Kurt. How did you guys get hooked up, Kurt? Well, let me throw this out to you. Wyatt's got a, a media channel. You know, he's got his Facebook, uh, at Wyatt Wimberly. Also does YouTube, Wyatt Wimberly Fishing. And uh, Wyatt is kind of a East Texas expert. Loves Sam Rayburn, lives over there right at Sam Rayburn. Outlaw Outdoors is a tournament organization and kind of a tackle shop over there near Castle Boykin State Park over there where a lot of tournaments go out of. Wyatt actually recently was at the FLW Pro Circuit as a marshal, so he got to experience that. And, and Wyatt's doing all this at 17 years old, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's going out with awesome anglers and trying to teach more about Rayburn. He's been, I've seen uh, videos with him with Albert Collins and several other great anglers. He's talked to uh, pro anglers and kind of giving uh, knowledge and, and kind of building this whole cool media platform just based on he saw a need for this. So I thought this was pretty awesome. And Wyatt knows a ton about the high school fishing because he actually competes in the sport and, and in high school fishing. So uh, that's how we kind of got hooked up was through his media channels. And um, man, I'm excited to just kind of dig into what Wyatt thinks about high school fishing. Absolutely. And Wyatt, you know, I've got to tell a funny story I'm because I'm looking forward to hearing how to do it the right way because I did it the wrong way in high school. My senior year, I went on part-time <laughs> attendance because I had enough credits to graduate. So uh, I was supposed to be working a job is how that happens to where you get to go on part-time attendance. But my job at the point in time was pulling my aluminum boat, parking it off campus, off school <laughs> campus, hiding it at a different parking lot, then leaving school and uh, taking off and heading to the river. So in this day and age, how does a young angler like yourself get going in high school fishing? Man, for me, just personally, real quick, for me, it was kind of easy, you know, having a, an outdoor family that, that hunted and fished. And, you know, everybody bass fish Lake Summer Ever, like Kirk mentioned, amazing lake, one, probably one of the best bass fishing lakes in the United States at this time uh, and in years past. So I've just kind of grown into it. Uh, I'm the only one in my family that took it competitively and then wanted to do it as a career. And I decided that at a very, very young age and kind of kept with it. But basically, man, any high school can get a team. Here in Texas, you have to be eight or nine years old to start competing. There's Southeast Texas and there's DET. Southeast Texas has a 600 boats. It's a huge field, man. It's blowing up. Deep East Texas has 124. That's the one I compete in. They're pretty much Bassmaster Club, so, you know, make sure you have your Bassmaster membership. Uh, usually sometimes in August, all the clubs has a meeting. You can go in there, sign up. Some require a partner. Some require you don't have a partner. And if you have a great season, man, you can get up to Bassmaster National when you call a scholarship and decide if you want to take a college route to get to the pro side. And that's pretty much how you can get started. Yes, you have to have a boat, but some clubs are so big, man, you can just join up and they got boat captains and you ain't got to do nothing. You know, if you're wanting to learn, it's an amazing thing to get into it. And if you don't have a club, you can start one. So that's something to look in there too. Bassmasters is very easy to start one. FLW has a great program. All you do is go to your school, tell them about it, and uh, it takes just one student angler to start a club. Wow, that's pretty convenient. 
convenience. So you've got uh, platforms from Bass and FLW. Are there any other high school platforms we should be aware of, or are those the uh, – Yep, yep. Um, you got TBF or Student Angler Federation, something like that, and the Bass Fishers Federation is mixed in with the high school deal. Okay. Um, they're a little bit more scholastically inclined, if that makes sense. They're more into, you know, past – to uh, play, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, which I kind of like my division. They keep the whole scholastic thing out of it. You know, it, it's basically focused on a competitive edge. It's basically a more competitive league, if that makes sense. You know, it's like a step up. <laughs> if you right. were going from AAA ball to the pros, you know, that that's basically, you know, a little bit more inclined division well why high school fishing specifically here in the state of texas let's give some folks an idea of how big it is and if you could just give us a little take from your geographic perspective of east texas and why you think it's just blossoming like it is all right so let me start off like this so i mentioned that southeast texas division it's got 600 boats Two people per boat and a boat captain. Think of how many kids that is. In one division. That's just one division. That's crazy. So in that one and division, you have obviously 100 high schools? or I would say two to 300 competitors. Gotcha. I mean, it's huge, man. And uh, TBF does some stuff around here. I don't know the exact number on theirs. I know ours is 124. But, man, I think it's growing so big because, Kurt, you know, you live in Texas. You're from down there in Del Rio. Mm-hmm. It's a sportsman state. It's an outdoors state. So many kids around here in East Texas, you ask them what Lake Sam Rayburn is, and they know it from three years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just in everybody's blood. And usually everybody's got a boat around here. So I think it was something that got away from the baseball and the basketball, which is pretty much all we had around here because nobody really had a big enough school to have football unless you drive 45 minutes away. So I think that's one of the main reasons it's growing so big is because it's kind of natural to people. And I think it got them away from things and the kids just kind of fell in love with it. Well, you bring up the opportunities. And by the way, Wyatt, I do have to say uh, I'm kind of sitting here smiling to myself because I feel like I'm talking to a veteran in the sport not a 17-year-old high schooler. So I compliment I you on your that. acumen of, of being in this sport. But the benefits and the opportunities, you know, Kurt and I fished, we're the same age, and we fished when bass fishing wasn't cool. One of the things that you just brought right. about is the overall participation and the inclusion of so many different kids just there in Texas, but now even nationwide. What are some of the other benefits and opportunities that you see from the high school fishing tournament scene? Man, basically, if you're shy, you can't be. It makes you get out there. It makes those kids that aren't confident with ourselves get out there because think about it majority of these kids you know it's so busy down there at the ramp uh you know you need to back off the trailer they need to load up the boat and if they're not comfortable with it perfect position to make them learn also you can make a career out of it i mean i think jordan lee i don't think jordan lee high school fish but you know he made a career out of the college won back-to-back bassmaster classes but you can have a path you know high school fishing go to a national championship, whether it's Bassmasters, FLW, both of them are amazingly great. Win you a national championship, you got you a scholarship, and you know you can go to college, and college even has an opportunity to where college anglers can fish the Bassmasters Classic. I mean, so 
There's so many benefits to it. You can build a career path and it teaches you social skills and how to uh, work out problems, teamwork with a partner, teamwork with a captain. So it has so many life benefits that you and can just learn. The communication. And just the career path. Just, just exactly. being able to communicate, yeah. That's a great perspective, especially from a young man your age. I got to ask you this. You know, you just fished, or I say uh, marshaled, I should say, uh, a couple weeks ago, the FLW yep. Pro Circuit there on Sam Rayburn. What opinion do you have on differences in high school tournaments versus a regular more sanctioned i I say more sanctioned just a an adult bass fishing right so i would tell anybody that's wanting to maybe if you began in high school fishing you know three four years ago when you were really little and this might be you know your senior year whatever you've never fished a regular tournament i highly advise it to do it but there is that skill level difference you can definitely tell i mean man i get pumped when i wake up you know to go fish a high school tournament but when i was out there with you guys and i fish an aba or a bfl man my blood really gets going i'm pumped up i'm ready to go it's just that yeah, skill right. level difference <laughs> and it just makes you step up your game and you gotta learn and it makes you grow so i think the differences are there as far as skill wise uh competitiveness man I got to say high school fishing is equal as competitive as a regular event. Not talking about the pro side, of course, but man, some of these kids are just, they kick your butt. I mean, they are good. <laughs> and uh, so the differences are there, but uh, man, it's still very competitive in, in the well, high good, school fishing for sure. Good stuff there, White. I want to close uh, real quick with, you know, the space, uh, the age gap let's say between Kurt and I are in our, our mid forties and to high schoolers. I have a high school daughter. She's a sophomore. Maya who started, uh, basically got recognized in the tennis realm by just an Instagram, uh, called my tennis life that she started and, and reaching out kind of now getting involved with the business side of, of her sport, which is tennis. Right. How can younger anglers use social media to basically market and promote themselves, you know, within the industry. And, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, kind of make a, perhaps, a, a potential career path or at least you know have a lot of fun doing it right well kurt understands man you if you want to make a career out of this you're going to pay entry fees for life kurt i know you can agree with me on that it might start changing a little bit why with the bbt out there well you know, with the major league fishing correct <laughs> right uh, but for now yeah you're 100 correct you you need some money to go play the game that's for sure exactly i think fow is uh, and Bassmaster, I think you're paying a total of 40000 in entry fees. So, man, basically, like I said, when I started, you know, doing it when I was younger, I kind of realized, hey, this takes money. And how do you get money in fishing? The sponsors. And you have to market yourself to have a financial backing to be able to do it. So I was like, man. That's the first step. You know, I I got this down, so now I need to get the business side down. And basically, man, just uh, create you social media pages, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whether it's one post a month or five posts a week, it gets out there if you put it in the right places. And, uh, you know, emailing companies, once you get a big enough following, telling them, you know, who you are, what you do, and uh, see if they want to work with you. But the biggest thing is pretty much just use it in a respectful manner. Use it in a professional manner. Try to line up interviews with people. Uh, you know, if you've got a local town that's got a local pro, go over there, try to get them to interview and put it in a local group. I mean, it will get a lot of attention. And the biggest thing I do have to say, though, is if you do work with somebody at a young age and get a sponsor, make sure you represent them well and do your job. Because if not, then at a young age, companies will say, you know, hey, if he didn't do that job right for that company, he may not do my job right when he gets 
2021. So make sure you handle yourself in a professional manner and just represent all companies well and do your job. Man, other than that, just have fun with it, and it'll get out there if you stay consistent, and it will help you grow. Well, good stuff, Wyatt. It uh, really was awesome to get your insight on the show and discuss some high school fishing, a topic uh, we don't often discuss here on Bass Edge. And certainly, I just want to reiterate, compliments to you and uh, your communication skills as an angler and a a 17-year-old young man. I appreciate it for sure, man. You bet, Wyatt. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Best of luck in your continued media endeavors. I want to just review those again real quick so folks can uh, watch what's going on with Wyatt. He's got a lot of fun things going over there in East Texas. His Facebook is at Wyatt Wimberly. Uh, that's with an L-E-Y at the end. And then also yes, he's got his uh, YouTube channel Wyatt Wimberly Fishing. Wyatt, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners before we check out here? Yeah, man. I just want to thank you for having me on. And uh, man, it was awesome getting to see you down here in Rayburn. Uh, pretty cool. And uh, guys, that Marshall experience, if you don't mind me touching on the skirt real quick, uh-huh. that Marshall experience is something of a lifetime. Guys, if you got the FLW tour coming to your town, sign up for it before it gets filled up. Man, I learned so much. I, I drew a, a guy that did chatterbait fishing. I drew a guy that was offshore. I drew a guy that went cranking. I learned so much on my lake that I didn't think would work at the time, you know, in the places they was doing it, that it blew my mind. And you're right <laughs> there in it. So go uh, go sign up. Kurt, I appreciate you having me on. Just, uh, you, you know, thank fun. everybody that supports me. And, man, I enjoyed it. Hey, best of luck in your remainder high school events this year. Why won't we go stay in tune to your, your media platforms? Y'all hang in there. Aaron and I will return with the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight right after the short break. I am BASS Elite Series Pro Chad Pipkin. This is Bassmaster Classic Champion Casey Ashley. I am Marcus Sakura, FLW All-American Champion. This is FLW Tour Champion JT Kenny. And be sure to stay tuned right here to Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare KeelGuard. Today, we've got a repeat guest on Bass Edge, although it certainly has been a good while back in February 2015, to be exact, since we last chatted with this multi-tour champion. Looking forward to catching up with BASS Elite Series angler Stetson Blaylock. Thanks for taking time to be on the program again, Stetson. Absolutely. Anytime. I enjoy it. Well, Stetson, uh, five top tens in 2019 regular season and a second in the Angler of the Year championship and a second in overall AOY standings. Dude, you demolished 2019. How do you prepare for 2020? Well, I think when you look back on a year like that, as an angler, it's one of those years that sticks in your mind. It's one of those that it's hard to see that year come to an end because you know that what you accomplished is so hard to do. But the good thing about that year, the good thing about 2019 is I still did not finish the job. As good as it looked on paper, 
And as good as it sounds when you say all those top tens, there's one position that I missed. And, you know, each year that goes by in my career, there's a few things that I really want to accomplish. And winning Angler of the Year is something that I've been really close to in everything that I've fished, uh, from the Bass Opens to the FLW Tour. Now, the Bassmaster Elite Series, it's something that I have to figure out how to close the door. And for me, preparing for 2020 is is nothing more than gain those extra points at each event, do what it takes, you know, no excuses, get out there and get it done so you can hold that trophy instead of just being so close. Well, Stetson, you make a mention there that you've been close a lot of times in a lot of different platforms. Of course, the last time we spoke with you, uh, you were on the FLW side. You've been with Bass now for three full seasons. Going into your fourth, you've seen tremendous change. I mean, you were basically right in the middle of the BBT crossover with lots of anglers from the Bass side. And now, you know, having a great platform to continue Continue with in the BASS Elite Series. How do you feel that this has helped your position in the sport? Do you feel like some of that momentum that you're gaining is because of kind of a fresh new feeling? How do you feel like that's transpired for your personal position in the game? Well, I think for one, you can look back on the course of my career since I started. You may not think about it like this, but I've been through several major changes in the industry. There's always every handful of years, there's something major that happens. But for me, it seems like it's happened multiple times back when you had all the guys leaving FLW going to the Elite Series. So I got to walk those times and got to live through those situations and I think now you know I've been here 10 years as a pro and I've gotten to see a lot of these changes and this year was no different you know the fall of 2018 coming into 2019 was definitely the biggest shakeup that the sport has ever seen and to me it was one of those times where it was it was stressful for everybody but when I finally made the decision to stay with Bassmaster stay with BASS and support that brand and you know stay there not only for myself but for my family and my sponsors it was just the right move and and there's no no question that after I made that decision that it felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I think more so than anything else, that is what helped with the season that I had last year. You know, I go a lot on my faith and what I believe in and the family that I have that surrounds me and I take their advice to heart. And, you know, it just felt right when I made that decision. It just, you know, I, I fell asleep that night. I'll never forget it with just a peace and a comfort knowing that I felt like I'd done the right thing. And for me, yes, it, it's made a huge difference. And uh, being able to have an open mind a little bit more and just go out there with a new fresh start, new faces on the Elite Series. And no doubt about it, one of the strongest fields that we have ever had is coming in. And uh, 2020 is, is going to be no cakewalk. And uh, for me, I'm going to have to step up my game again to be consistent again. Well, you know, speaking of a fresh start, Stetson, you started your career very young, having amazing success, and you still have the bulk of your career in front of you. What do you feel has been most beneficial in your maturation process within the sport of professional bass fishing? Well, I think there's a couple things. For one, being able to homeschool and being on the front edge of the high school fishing and the college fishing, there was none of that when I started. So I didn't really have an option. For me, if you wanted to become a professional when I was doing it, 
you had to go and get after it. And that's what I did. I was able to travel and fish as a co-angler. And I think that's one thing that helped a lot, being able to fish with some of the best anglers in the world at the time and learn from them. You know, whether it be mistakes or things that you write down that you need to remember to do, just the way you treat people in the sport. I think success for people is measured on different platforms. For me, it's more about being able to do what I love and being able to support a family. And, you know, fishing for me is not a live or die thing. It's something that I get to do as a job, and I I never want to ever take that for granted. But uh, I feel like looking forward, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I have had so many opportunities and the doors have opened at the right times and being able to make those switches to the front of the boat in 2000 and let's see 2009 and go out and win my third event as a pro that just sets a guy up in the best way possible because you you come from a, a successful career in the back of the boat you move to the front you win your third tournament out and then You go several years with consistent finishes, making the cup most every season, and then qualifying for the Elite Series, making that jump. And then you have what happened last fall, and and it just seemed like the whole fishing world was shook up. But I still felt like I've made the right decisions, you know, for the most part throughout my career to get me to where I am today. Yeah, man, that's a great perspective. And uh, I think it tells a lot about the systematic approach that you took to getting to where you're at today. Stetson, I'm going to flip this one on you. You had mentioned earlier you had a great year but you're still missing out on a goal that you have for yourself specifically you mentioned the angler of the year championship finishing second last year you've got some points to make up this year to kind of overcome that step you mentioned you know making sure that you get every point at every tournament that you can possibly get so you can overcome that feat what obstacles do you see ahead that will get you through to move to the next desired step in your bass fishing career? You know, we can talk about, and I, and I want to quantify it, the mental edge and some of these things that are unmeasurable, I think, in a lot of circumstances. But what are those obstacles you see that's going to make you that next step? Well, I think for me, it's about just maturing as an angler, maturing as a person. You hear this a lot from, I'm going to say, big name athletes. But for one, you have to get better every year. And I'm not necessarily talking about the way I cast my jig under a boat dock. I'm talking about as an angler, as a decision maker, as a grown man in this sport. You know, when I started out, I just loved the bass fish and I wanted to get out there and just catch all I could and and try to be somebody. But the older I get, the more mature that I get in this sport, I realize that those wins and those anglers of the year and those classics and those cups and all these events that we fish, those are so hard to get. And everybody out there is wanting that same prize. You have to continually get better. And, you know, when you bass fish, there's only so many things that you can control, and then everything else seems like it's out of your control. But I tell you, each and every year that goes by, for me, those obstacles that I face, finishing second, you can look back on my career, and I am a totally different angler to the eye of the public and the eye of the fan if I finish out each thing that I have come in second. And I'm telling you right now, it's somewhat heartbreaking to look back on that and go, man, I have been so close so many times. And I've had seconds in Angler of the Year in every trail I've fished. I've had really close finishes in championships. 
But for me, I think it's just overcoming that, looking past that, knowing that I'm very blessed and very fortunate to get to do what I do and not forget that there's a lot of people out there that would love to be in my footsteps. But just just take all that for what it's worth and work harder and harder and harder. And don't worry about the mistakes you've made in the past. You know, look to the future, work harder, and make it happen. Awesome outlook, man. Uh, I tell you, when you just talked about that whole process right there. Part of me had a flashback to Aaron Martins, and uh, I think, man, maybe Stetson and Aaron should get together. <laughs> you know, but uh, Aaron, Aaron, obviously phenomenal angler, gigantic career. You're in the same path of that. So, uh, man, nothing at all. I mean, just all but praise uh, for what you've accomplished up to this point, and look forward to seeing more of. Um, We're going to take a quick break. Power pull down. Aaron and I are going to be back with more from Stetson Blaylock in just a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Massage Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine returns with BASS Elite Series Angler Stetson Blaylock and the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Well, Stetson, you announced in December a new partnership with Academy. Now you're out on the road promoting that retailer. Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome stuff. Uh, Phenomenal team there with yourself, Greg Hackney, Jacob Wheeler. Can you provide some insight to the fans on how that sponsorship came together for you? Well, I think... I think as an angler, you know, we're all out there looking for those companies and those opportunities that are going to carry us into the future. And we all want what's best for us. And we all look to places that support the industry. And for me, as soon as I saw that Academy Sports and Outdoors was going to come on board a lot bigger with Bassmaster and be the, the presenting sponsor of the Bassmaster Classic. It's something that had been on my mind, but it's one of those things that when I saw that and saw their commitment to bass and the sport, uh, not necessarily just to bass, but when, when they step on board as a sponsor of Bassmaster, they are saying we are committed to your industry and your sport. And it just, it just felt right. And I just, uh, I reached out to them and, uh, couple of weeks later, we, we had a few meetings and, and contacts and uh, got the deal done. Couldn't be more excited about that partnership. There's a lot more to come there. It's going to be one of those things that for me, I'm looking at it as, as a career move. I hope it's a company that I can do business with for the rest of my career. And, uh, you know, I think they would say the same thing about me. And yeah, it's, it's a good time uh, for me. Coming off of my strongest year ever on tour, I'm just excited to have these opportunities to represent the companies that I have. Uh, fantastic. That alignment uh, that you speak of is very, very important. I think that's one of the things that perhaps uh, anglers that are newer to the sport and, and looking to make a splash and, and align with companies is making sure that you're with a long-term player that uh, there's a mutual relationship like you speak of Stetson. So I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, speaking of being successful, you're pretty successful in the shallow water environment. What are some keys to that success up shallow? And we hear a lot about this bait or 
uh, that bait and any angler can cruise down, you know, a bank. But what makes your success from just running a bank in a shallow water situation? Oh, that's a tough question because it's one of those questions that, you know, it's kind of like when you explain something to somebody, you say, oh, well, I can't really explain it. You just have to watch and just I just have to show you what I'm talking about. For me, I just feel like that shallow water time of year, and, I, and I'm going to throw in there the springtime, for instance. I just love the way bass act in the spring. I love the fact that they get up on the bank where you can visibly see them. You can actually specifically target certain fish. And for me, it's always been about catching the five biggest fish you can. And I just feel like that time of year, that stage of the fish when they're up there shallow, not necessarily just in the spring, but anytime they're up there in that, what I'm going to say, three or five foot or less, to me, I just feel like I have them cornered and I feel like I'm going to catch 90% of the fish that my boat passes. And I think a lot of it's just a confidence thing. You know, for me, it's not necessarily baits. It's not necessarily what I'm using or how I'm using it. It's just a confidence thing that I'm going to catch all those bass that I can come in contact with. That's the supreme ability to believe in what you're doing, and that's half the battle in, in lots of areas of life, as we often talk about here on Bass Edge. So that's great to hear. Now, you've got the finishing up here. You're headed to Chickamauga, back-to-back events. Then you're off to the Classic, and you've got some time in between. What will you be able to accomplish? You know, pre-practice is over, right? I mean, you're going you're gonna to have a little practice there right before the Classic Gunnersville. Let's face it, it's still the biggest event in our industry no doubt more eyeballs watching the classic than any other event in professional bass fishing what are you going to be able to accomplish before the practice period begins that's going to help you become the 2020 Bassmaster classic champion well i think i think when you look at me and you put my name on that list of anglers you're talking about a goal that not only has it been a goal of mine but every single person in the history of our sport that has picked up a rod and reel and said, I want to compete at the highest level. That tournament is the first thing they talk about. And I can tell you, it's been a dream of mine since I was 10 years old and not only just a dream, but I have worked every day since that day that I decided I wanted to fish for a living. It has been a dream of mine and something I've worked hard for. And I think the biggest thing that I have to do is put all the emotion aside, put all the hard work and the commitment that, you know, my family, my friends, the commitment and the sacrifices that I've made to get to this point. I think I have to leave all that in Arkansas when I drive across those lines to head to Alabama and realize that the opportunities that are ahead of me when I get there are like none other that I've ever had. And I, I just have to be able to, it's it's 100% teetotally a mental battle from this point on. And I have to remember that life is not promised. You never promise tomorrow. And this is my first opportunity at that classic. And I have to go out there, leave everything else at home and have an open mind and go into that tournament with this could be the last chance I have at this and fish each moment in that moment and not get caught up with, you know, you made the Bassmaster Classic. You know, it's just a great feeling to be here. Yes, it is. But you have to leave all that behind and work your rear off for however many days, you know, the three days of practice, the four days of practice, whatever we get. And those three days of that tournament 
It's head down, focus, and make it happen. You cannot go out there and have excuses. It's one tournament, the biggest one of my career, the biggest one of my life, one I've lived forever to do and fish in, and I cannot wait to get there. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that insight uh, and recognizing that, you know, someone in your position, Stetson, it takes a tribe, a village, right, for you to have success and Absolutely. feel comfortable that's out there. So, uh, Aaron. Let me, let me say real quick. Did you hear that, dude? I heard a whole different intensity level when he answered that question. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm the the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. I'm like, wow. That's wow, it. man. That was phenomenal. You could stretch that. That was coming out of you, bro. That was good stuff right there. I love that uh, you are fired up. You see the opportunity that lies ahead of you and the respect that you have to be there and uh, so many people wanting to be there and be a part of that. It's, uh, it's cool to hear. Yeah, I, I love the passion. Love the passion. Absolutely. You can take that same passion now, and we're, we're going to step into the segment of our show where we do a listener question, and uh, probably with the same dream, Stetson, that you had uh, when you were 10 years old. But this segment of the show is presented by Nitro Performance Bass Boats, the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. And this question comes to us from Joe Lemieux, and he asks, how long of a net handle do you use for bass? Issues include boat storage, when fishing and not fishing. Also, what's best for reaching the fish? Leverage and reach. I fish mostly team tournaments. What's your thoughts on that, Stetson? Well, it's kind of a funny question because, you know, now the last three or four seasons, I haven't been able to use a dip net, but I grew up fishing team tournaments, fished FLW for a lot of years where we could use a dip net. And for me, if you can use one, it's a great tool to help you put fish in the boat. You know, you mentioned nitro. To me, nitro has one of the best net storages ever as far as answering that question. You know, right behind the seat, got handle straps. It's out of your way till you need it. It's a perfect place to put your dip net. But for me, I feel like it's whatever you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable with a extending handle dip net where you can reach way out there and get them, I think the most important thing when using a dip net is do not put the net in the water till the fish is up there and you scoop the fish. You don't leave the net laying in the water and bring the fish to the net. You actually have to orchestrate it just like you do in everything else when you're fishing. You have to pay very close attention and make sure you execute that net perfect or you can cause yourself some grief but yeah it's all about finding one that you're comfortable with don't get one that's too big that you can't control but you got to have one big enough that can land the size fish you're catching so there's a lot of variables when talking about dip net that's a great tip Stetson. you know being on the flw side for the last several years i gotta say one thing that i see is don't try to net the fish too early like like Stetson mentioned don't just have it dangling out there in the water net the fish when the fish is ready to be netted. Don't get in a hurry, fight the fish as if, you know, you've got to bring it to the boat. And just like you were trying to lip it, you know, the net is just there as an, a, an additional extension. So those are some Absolutely. great tips right there. Yeah, for sure. Stetson, when Joe sent in this question, he tagged this little other thing at the very bottom. And uh, the thing that he tagged, and I want to get your feedback for Joe on it as another question, is there any benefit to using braid on a Carolina rig? What's your setup look like? And what do you think about 
using braid on a Carolina rig? Well, this is a question that you're going to get, you know, if you ask 10 guys, you're going to get 10 different answers. But personally for me, braided line on a Carolina rig has a very limited place in my tackle box. And what I mean by that, if I'm fishing grass, I will occasionally use braid as a main line. 90% of the time when I'm throwing a Carolina rig, and I love to throw a Carolina rig, and I feel like I have explored it about as well as anybody out there. To me, my go-to line is 20-pound Seaguar and Vizex fluorocarbon. I feel like, to me, that's the best way to have a good, strong connection between you and your sinker. And then I feel like you can go up as heavy as you want with that fluorocarbon and still have good sensitivity, very little stretch, but still have a good connection between you and the fish. And to kind of piggyback off that answer, I use monofilament as a leader most of the time. And I think that's what I have figured out that works best for me. I feel like I get more bites with the mono on there because it keeps that bait up and doesn't let it lay flat on the bottom as much. But no, I do not use braid. I think it can cause you a lot of trouble if you're in rocks. doesn't have enough give to keep that sinker coming across the top of the rock. So if you're anywhere where you've got wood, rocks, cover, you're going to be hung in a lot, I recommend using fluorocarbon. Uh, great point. Well, Stetson, appreciate you answering those listener questions from Joe. Joe, we need another piece from you, and that is simply log on to BassEdge.com. Click on the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, and we are going to get your Bass Edge gift sent directly out to your address that you indicate there. And uh, certainly just let us know that you heard Stetson answer your question here on episode 322. And a reminder, as always, Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com. Simply click Click the tab, ask the pros for your shot at winning another gift from Bass Edge Radio. You can also email us, support at BassEdge.com, or just simply leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter media pages. Well, Stetson, uh, fantastic having you back on the show after so many years. It's going to be fun to go back and listen to uh, the old episode after we finish up here. <laughs> you have any final thoughts or, uh, or comments before we shut it down? You know, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and, and these questions that you guys ask, man, I tell you what, it just fires me up more to get to that classic and the opportunities that are ahead of me this season. And uh, boy, I can't wait. I've enjoyed it. Awesome stuff. Stetson, thanks for being on the show. Best of luck in the Elite Series in 2020. Y'all hang in there. Aaron and I will return after this quick message. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. 
Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. We don't often have repeat guests, Kurt, but uh, certainly Stetson brought a whole different layer of of information. Going back and kind of listening to the 2015 episode, uh, not just about fishing, but also kind of his mental game. And that comment that he made really kind of resonated with me that life is not promised. You know, you can tell the guy stays in the moment, which is probably why he's so good on the water. Yeah, and I reiterate the feel of the intensity from his voice when he was answering the question we proposed about the classic and preparation. You know, what's funny, it had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with fishing. (laughs) It had everything to do with I need to keep this all in perspective and I need to go out there and concentrate and just do everything I can to the best of my ability to take advantage of the opportunity that's presented itself. Dude's been in the game a long time. This is his first Bassmaster Classic. Probably the most accomplished angler in the classic field that has never been in a Bassmaster Classic. So it's going to be fun to see and watch how he adapts to that, uh, especially after, you know, in the middle of this back-to-back event series, right? Right before Chick, he just finished up on St. John's, and, and now he's going to go into full focus here after this Chick tournament, you know, into Lake Gunnersville and just that mental preparation he discussed but dude the passion was felt no doubt and uh i always love hearing that perspective and it's almost like we hit a nerve and man i mean he, he went yeah. to town i uh i really respect that as well um but wait wait one, one more thing i want to throw out the tackle tip don't be lost with what the dude said about throwing the mono uh he apparently has done a lot of research on carolina race because he talked about him maybe being more in tune with what's going on, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I didn't I didn't reach out to Stetson and, and ask him the question from Joe because I thought he was a Carolina rig guy. But apparently Stetson put some time in on the Carolina rig. So uh, it was cool to hear him talk about uh, the braid versus Flora on the main leader. But the critical deal was he is always throwing mono on the leader because it's keeping his bait more natural and maybe a little bit more free flowing in the water column rather than fluorocarbon that sinks, keeping it closer to the bottom. So uh, don't miss that little comment he made there. Let's dig a little bit deeper and it's something interesting to think about. Yeah, there's certainly a a lot of nuggets that Stetson left us with and probably worth a re-listen on this episode as well. But uh, before we get to re-listening, we've got to end this one. I want to uh, thank everybody for tuning us in. Certainly have a lot of choices of the media that's out there, and we appreciate you guys taking this ride with us. Be sure to check out all things Bass Edge through BassEdge.com and stay abreast with us on our social media. Bass Edge Radio presented by MegaWare Keelguard, episode 322 coming to a close. So long, everybody, and we will see you in a couple weeks. The Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge, brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 